Right. Hey there, and welcome to the first episode of the Furry Explained Show. I'm your host, Finn, a big purple panther from the internet, and I know if you're used to the old show, that might be a little bit different from before, and honestly, I'm still not sold on that name either. Purple Panther, that's a lot of P's in a row, so we'll work on that, but that's kind of besides the point. Um, Yeah, this is the first episode of my new podcast, and honestly, that's pretty much all we're going to be talking about today. Um... If you've noticed over the past week or so, there's been a lot that has changed with me and my content, mostly just my content. I've been pretty much the same. It's mainly been the content that has changed. As you might have noticed, we kind of stopped making the old show, Furry Explained, took a month off, and then came back with a YouTube video of all things. And I really wanted to talk about that transition in more detail, especially to an audience like you all who have been here for a while. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this show, there's a certain level of interest that you have with not just the content that I'm creating, but me as a content creator. And that's great. This is the kind of audience that I really want to reward with. If there is an interest in that, I want to talk to you all about it. So that's what we're going to do on this one. And before I get too far into the details of the transition and all that, I do want to make note and say that the support on the transition and the new video has been amazing, honestly. A lot of you guys actually did find the new YouTube channel and watch the video, and you all were super supportive. And even before I even made a video, after the announcement on Twitter, there was like 20 to 25 of you who subscribed to the channel with no content on it, which is insane, I guess, from my perspective, like why you guys have already made a decision to subscribe and follow a channel that hasn't given you anything. And, you know, that really means a lot to someone who is trying something new and taking a leap of faith and everything. But even the people who have seen the video, all the comments and likes and subscribes and the congratulations on the new video has all been been really amazing to see. And I just wanted to make sure I acknowledge that and said, thank you for all of that, because I, I really appreciate it. And it gives me a lot of you know confidence that this new transition in making content is is going to be a lot of fun. But that's what we're going to pretty much dive in. You know, I've always been a big believer in transparency and having an open dialogue between those consuming the content and me producing it. So even though this is not what's going to be the main thing going forward, I actually wanted to spend the entire podcast episode today just talking about the new stuff that I'm making and a little bit of why I wanted to make a change in in the first place. Again, normally the show is actually going to have a direct correlation to the videos that I make and we'll get into the details of what this show is going to be like in the future. But at least to start out, I felt like it would be good to kind of talk about why I'm making such a big shift in my entire content strategy in making content in the furry fandom. So let's not waste any time and get into that in detail. And I guess we'll start with the start. I'm sure the biggest question that you all have is why YouTube? Why start to make videos about the furry fandom on YouTube of all places and make all of your main content efforts towards making videos on that platform instead of the furry podcast that you've been making for the past two and a half years. And honestly, before I even start with that, I want to acknowledge that that is a very, very fair question. And depending on how you look at it, this might seem like a pretty stupid move for me on on many fronts. Um, 
Number one being, I really had a good thing going with with the podcast. It was it was still growing even by the time that I kind of announced that it was on its way out, um, and it was growing to pretty pretty decent numbers at a at a rate faster than it was growing last year, which is what you want when you're making content. Um, also, it was kind of in a unique space where there weren't a terrible amount of furry podcasts out there, and. I felt like I was in a rather unique position to either be the market leader or be very close to being one of the top furry podcasts that had that many episodes and was going for that long. And the statistics were backing me up on that. Um, Obviously, it's hard to really quantify that at any certainty. In fact, that's a little bit why I moved to YouTube in the first place, but that's foreshadowing a little bit. We'll get back to that. But even if all that wasn't the case, um, even if I had a relatively small audience, um, and this is kind of the norm with a lot of podcasts these days, um, you guys really like the show. I can't tell you how many messages that I would get would say, hey, I just wanted to thank you for making this show. I listen to it while I drive my truck across the country. I listen to it while I'm doing my chores after I get home from work. It's the way I relax. I save the episodes for the next trip that I take. Um, and if I'm in a plane for two to three hours, I'll queue up four, five, six of your episodes and just bang them out. Um, I actually met someone at a convention. I think this was at FWA that said, I, I drove here from somewhere in the South up here to Atlanta and I listened to your show the entire way. And you know, those, those moments are really special because at least from my perspective, all I see is, is numbers. Um, and it's a really fun reminder to know that you guys aren't just numbers or actual people that really enjoyed the show. So it might seem kind of weird to just throw that all away and kind of start from fresh, especially if there was positive momentum going towards that type of content in the first place. And then even coming at it from the the other side, you know, it's fine to want to do something different and stop making a show, but you know, why why go to YouTube? You know, there's a really strong consensus out there that for YouTube isn't really the best platform for new furry content creators. Um, a lot of people go as far as to say that furry YouTube is dead. It had its heyday in the late 2010s, um, was starting to fall off. And, you know, the pandemic may or may not have done it in with all these other types of content creation platforms that came out after it. Um, and even if it's not dead, you know, it's not special anymore. Um, we've reached a critical mass of YouTubers that, adding another one doesn't really move the needle all that much. And, you know, if you really want to grow as a content creator now, YouTube isn't really the main thing. You got to be on those short form platforms because everyone's attention span is is lowering. So you got to be making TikToks and things like that, or you got to be streaming on Twitch. That's that's where all the, the growth is in the fandom. And yeah, those are all fair criticisms, uh, a lot of which I actually don't necessarily disagree with, but I at least have a a counter and at least an answer to all of that and probably a lot more questions on why switch to YouTube because you know I asked this question myself too you know did I really want to do this you know sever a tie that I have created over the past two and a half years in a community that was starting to form under that and you know friends that I met from making that was that something that I really wanted to end and pretty much start from scratch do something completely different and and go from being a decently sized fish in a small pond to a really tiny one in what's essentially an ocean, if we're running with that analogy. But even after all of that deliberation and thinking about it, I'm 
still very confident in my decision to start making YouTube videos and move over to that platform. And here are the main reasons why. There's there's five big ones and there's a bunch of small ones that will actually be interwoven into those five big ones. But these are really the five big ones that I came up with. So let's just start with the list. I have a list right here. Um, and this is in no particular order. It's just the ones that I came up with as I was listing these out and getting ready for this episode. But number one, one of the reasons why I wanted to move over to YouTube is this idea of meeting the growing audience where they already are. And this might sound a little confusing, but let, let me explain the, the, the perspective I'm coming from when I say this. Um, a lot of, especially early listeners of this show, were initially confused on where to actually find it. They understood that it was a podcast, but especially younger people don't really understand that the podcasts, the way podcasts are distributed are a little bit different than something like a, a YouTube video. And I say YouTube video specifically because I would tell them that I make a podcast on the furry fandom called Furry Explained. And the first thing that they would come back and say to me is, okay, cool, where do I watch it? Or even if they knew what the name and knew that I made it, they, they would come back and say, I tried finding your show on YouTube, but I didn't see anything. Where can I go and watch this podcast that you make? And this has happened throughout the entirety of the old show's life, from the beginning to even when the show was winding down. They were like, oh, where can I watch? I just found your show. Where can I watch the rest of the episodes. And it made me realize that, especially in this day and age, if you're making content for this fandom, no matter what you end up calling it, whether it be a podcast, a talk show, or content in general, there is going to be some level of expectation that there's going to be some video format available for it. And that video is expected to be on a place like YouTube. Um, and that makes sense for the younger audience. That's the expectation for the younger people that are growing up in this fandom. Um, I'll be honest, the older demographic, I don't even want to say what the years are because it's not really that older. It's just the older half. If you split my old audience in half, um, you guys all figured it out immediately. Um, but that makes sense because you grew up with an internet that finding content in a distributed fashion like a podcast makes a lot of sense. But it's just how, especially for the younger people, it's just how they talk about content. Um, they use the term watched for consuming, no matter how they ended up consuming. I still get messages saying that, hey, I really enjoy watching your podcast on Spotify. And it always gives me pause because I'm thinking like, is, is someone re-uploading my content as a video and they're, they're watching it as a video? But no, they just say watched as consumed. Um, and when thinking about that and looking about, okay, what is the next thing I want to do with my content? It makes sense to meet the people where they are. If the expectation is for them to watch something, it makes sense for me to give them something to watch. So there's a lot less friction in them finding it. Um, it's in a format that they expect and want to be entertained in. And yeah, I guess for me, the, if I was going to make a leap in the content creation that I was making, making a video was, was non-negotiable, whether it was the old show making into a video format or starting something from completely from scratch and making it a video. That that was a an idea that I had solid in my head for a long time, mainly because people were asking for something to watch from me. And we'll get to this in a second, where again, I'm foreshadowing a little bit, but in my opinion, there's no better place to put video on the internet than, than YouTube. So when starting over and 
making new types of content from scratch. There was no question I was going to make video and I believe that YouTube is the best place to put video. So it kind of led itself into me starting to make YouTube videos. So that that watch part is a is a really big part of it. But that's the first part. Let's go to the second one on my list here. And this one should come as no surprise. I got a fursuit. I think most of you all know this, but I recently got a fursuit for Finn. And while this one might seem obvious to start making video content with something that you could see in a fursuit, it actually was a really core part into why I decided to start making videos. Um, if you remember, not a year, year and a half ago, I wasn't really all that sold on getting a suit for myself. I always thought, you know, those are nice. Those are cool. I really respect the artistry and the the craftsmanship that goes into making one, but it wasn't necessarily something that I was particularly interested in getting. But, you know, as time went on and I was thinking about, you know, what I want to do with my content. And as I went to more conventions and meetups and things like that, and saw a lot more suits in person and not just the suits themselves, but the impact that they had uh, to people actually interacting and seeing the suits, I kind of put two and two together for myself and realized that there's a real opportunity for me to really take my love for talking about the furry fandom to the next level if I could end up doing it in a suit of some sort. And even though I was being funny in the Twitter announcement video, I was actually quite serious. And the whole point of me getting a fursuit wasn't for it to just sit in a box until the next convention or take it out every so often for fursuit Friday pictures. I I wanted to do something with it and have a long-term constant impact that didn't necessarily require me to be in person at a convention or things like that. Um, it's kind of why I've started to talk about my suit and refer to it as the biggest investment that I've made in the furry fandom. And I mean the word investment in every sense of the word. Um, you know, this suit costs a lot of money, but like any investment, the goal is to get a return on it. And my idea is that if the return is people finding and joining this fandom and meeting other people and enjoying this community because they watched a video of mine with my suit, then those returns will more than make up for the investment in my suit. Um, if, if I'm being honest, I really didn't get this suit for me per se. Obviously I did um, because you know, I really enjoy wearing it and taking care of it, but I honestly got it for all of you guys in the fandom to to enjoy it when you guys see it in person, but also enjoy it while making videos of it. So you guys see it and, you know, get entertained by the fact that this giant purple animal costume is, is talking and a part of a community that, you know, you might be interested in joining and making friends for yourself. That's honestly the main reason or one of the driving forces of me getting this suit. And the best way to do that, the best way to show off the suit is to make YouTube videos or make videos in general and ended up putting them on YouTube. I'll I'll get to the YouTube part in a second. I keep foreshadowing that part. It's it is its own separate aspect of this. But getting the suit was another big reason why I wanted to start making videos for the fandom as well. Now speaking of the suit, not just being for me, but for the rest of the fandom. That actually leads me into the third point of why I started making videos. And it's something that we've brought up on the old show before, but the fandom is growing. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but this fandom is seeing quite an acceleration of growth and has for the past, I guess, year, year and a half or so. I know it's not the best metric to use, but the most obvious one to look at for proof of this is the furry convention attendance growth. Almost Every convention is seeing anywhere from 20 to 
40% growth in attendance. And that's after factoring out the pandemic drop-off. These are growth from before the pandemic as well. And we've done a whole episode on this on the the old show, but it's the younger people that are fighting this fandom earlier and joining the fandom at a rate faster than before. And for what it's worth, those new furries are going to want some content to consume in this new community that they found. Um, And this is the biggest counter argument that I have for everyone that says that furry YouTube is dead or it's not viable for growth. Um, You know, before I dove into making YouTube videos, I actually did a lot of research on the furry YouTubes that are out there, you know, classic market research, and especially ones that were doing what I like to call edutainment, which is education and entertainment kind of put together about the furry fandom. And one thing that I've noticed almost across the board on anyone who's made, no matter what the channel size was, or anyone who has made videos about the fandom from an education standpoint, all of those old videos, no matter how old they are, are starting to grow again in in numbers. They're they're getting viewed at a rate as if they were posted maybe a year or two ago, as opposed to three, four, maybe even maybe even five years ago. And what that's kind of translated to is that all these new furries that are joining are trying to get themselves situated in the fandom and are going back to those old introduction to the fandom videos and kind of learning from that. And as someone who is entering the market of making YouTube videos on the furry fandom, I actually see that as quite the opportunity to bring something new. And I think it'd be honestly foolish not to capitalize on this growth. Um, I think if all these furries get new videos to watch, they'll be more inclined to watch something that's new and fresh rather than dive deep into the archives of old videos that are still good. That's why they call them evergreen content. It's still relevant content, but anything that's new and fresh is always going to be preferred, especially on a platform like YouTube, than something that's been made a long time ago and just being rediscovered, and for lack of a better term. But even doing that, you know, you got to be careful when entering a new market. Um, it's I have a really bad habit of thinking about this whole thing from a real business perspective. So I use a lot of business terms, but in pretty much any established market like furry YouTube, if you want to enter it and be successful, just like any market, you really have to do one of two things, preferably both, but one of these two is is a minimum. You either have to be different than everyone else or you have to be better than everyone else in the product that they're making. And if the product is YouTube videos, I either have to do something different or do something better and hopefully both. Um, And that's why going back to the announcement video that I made in Twitter, that's also why I made that comment about not just making videos about like, what is a furry or what is their persona? Um, I said that because that, that part of the market is already well saturated. I want to try and do something, you know, still educational about furry fandom videos and things like that, but also take it a step further and talk about why we do all this stuff as furries and not just so much about the what and how. That is kind of the idea that I have going forward as a differentiator in the market. And then obviously um, just going along with how I differentiated myself in the podcast market, which is making quality videos and videos that are a production value that is a little bit higher than average. That's the second half that I'm going for. But I'm mainly, at least at the start, mainly just focusing on making videos and making content that is different than what's already out there. So again, the main point is there's more people joining this fandom. Those people are going to be wanting to watch YouTube videos since that is where they get a lot of their content. And I want to be there to provide that for them. Um, I think there's a real 
growth opportunity there. And I really want to take advantage of that by making furry YouTube videos. So that's kind of the, the third reason why. So let's get into the fourth reason. And we've talked a lot about why I'm shifting mainly from making an audio-based show to a video-based show, but I actually do want to talk about the platform itself, YouTube, a little bit. And this is big enough to be a main reason why I wanted to start making videos is I really believe in in YouTube as a platform. Um, if we really want to get into it, it probably deserves an episode on its own, but I am a firm, really firm believer that YouTube is the best content platform and probably the best social media platform out there as well. I mean, I think it's better than Twitch. I think it's better than TikTok, Twitter. I All of them, I think it's, it's on top. And I'm not really a betting cat. Um, the last time I actually made a bet was with my college friends. I put $50 on a game of Uno that lasted for 45 minutes and lost because I got skipped. But that's for another story. But if I had to choose, if I had to bet on which platform is going to last the longest long term and be the best for both creators and viewers, I'm I'm going to bet on YouTube for the far future. And I truly believe that YouTube is in a really special place. Um, number one, it really doesn't have a direct competitor. Now, honestly, I wish it did. Um, the idea of competition is probably the last capitalistic bone in my body, but it really doesn't. And even then, I still think it's the best at how it treats not only its viewers, but its creators as well. Um, I think the viewing experience on YouTube is unparalleled to any other types of content out there. Um, from what I've heard, the the ads are still manageable. I actually have YouTube Premium, so I haven't watched a YouTube ad in a long time, but the ads are still skippable. And, you know, there's a expectation that you could move past the ads. A lot of channels are actually doing embedded ads now where the ads are part of the content that they make itself, which I think is really smart. But now, since I'm a creator on the platform, one thing I realized is that YouTube treats its creators better than any other platform. Um, I think there's a lot of discourse about this, but I really think that YouTube does its best for a platform of its size to actually listen to and take its creators into account in its decision-making. And even then, I could tell that, you know, it really values its creators just based on things like the YouTube plaques for getting 100,000 subscribers or a million subscribers. There's there's no other platform that really does anything like that. You know, if you get like 100,000 subscribers on TikTok, you don't get anything. If you get 10,000 subscribers on Twitch, they don't send you anything. Um, definitely don't send you anything for Twitter and Instagram. But the fact that they recognize that, you know, you worked to build up an audience for yourselves and for them as well, you know, they're going to get ad revenue from that. And for them to actually go out of their way and make something that you can put up and acknowledge your your hard work, um, I think that's really a special and a testament to, you know, they really care about their creators, which, you know, might seem obvious because their creators are the ones that make videos that they can put ads on. But I feel like there's a lot of other content creation platforms that where that's just the expectation. You know, that's what you get for the privilege of making on making content on this platform where YouTube really likes to appreciate the creators that they're making. And as someone who's new to that and kind of still relatively new to content creation in general, I really appreciate that and want to, you know, be a part of that. And that's not even to speak on like the monetization part. I still think YouTube is the easiest platform or the most straightforward platform in terms of monetization. Um, the partner program is very straightforward. Um, it's quite 
it's very understandable where the money is flowing. Um, you're getting a cut of ads that are being shown on your video. And if I'm honest, it's really the only platform that I can think of where it has consistently been able to support enough people where they can do it full time. Um, you know, there's some full-time TikTokers out there. I don't know if there's some full-time Twitter makers. There's, you know, definitely full-time Twitch um, streamers as well. But for the longest time, and I still think for majority of people, um, if you ever want to make content creation full-time, um, right up there with Twitch, YouTube is is the best way to do that. And that can't be said for every other platform. Um, that's not to say I want to end up doing this full-time. In fact, I don't know if I would like to do this full time um, because the fact that, you know, if a video flops or if something doesn't go right, if I ever want to stop making videos, nothing in my livelihood technically changes. There's a there's a comfort level there that makes me still excited to, you know, take risks and things like that. So I don't know if I want to get rid of that anytime soon, but it's still an option and it's very straightforward how to get to that option if I ever do want to. And I haven't even gotten into just the analytics that YouTube gives you. And, you know, there's great analytics. There's stats on literally everything about the video that you make and the channel that you host the videos on and how it's doing with YouTube. And there's third-party ones that you could plug into to see how you're doing against the the competition. And I, I, you know, as someone, as an engineer, I love numbers and I love stats like that. Um, it's actually... One of the main pain points that I've had with podcasting, it's very hard for me to get a feel for how well I'm actually doing as a podcaster. The only one that I really had was the, you know, the average people coming back and listening. And I I mean, I couldn't even really find out how many people were subscribed to, where that's the polar opposite on YouTube. I know every little thing about who's subscribed to me, where they're coming from, how long they're watching the video. One of my favorite graphs that I'm already falling in love with is the retention graph. You know, the first video that I made went up, you know, has a retention graph, which tells me how many people are actually watching the video all the way through and where they're leaving and stuff. And one thing I'm already noticing is there's a big drop off in the first 30 seconds and then it flattens out, which means people are skipping the intro, which means the intro isn't good enough. Um, and that's a piece of direct feedback that I could take and implement into the next couple of videos that I make, which is something that I couldn't really say for the podcast episodes that I make. And I really love, I know I know it's like popular to say like, oh, don't get bogged down by the analytics. Um, don't fall too deep into the numbers. You're, you're, only get to, you're only gonna get discouraged for them. But especially someone new who really doesn't know what they're doing, that is the best form of direct feedback that I can get in terms of how to make videos better for the audience. So I really appreciate that about YouTube as opposed to the analytics that I get from my podcasting platform. And there's a lot of other things that I could go on. I feel like I've been talking about YouTube as a platform for a really long time now, but as someone who watches a lot of YouTube, it kind of makes sense for me to go on the opposite end and be bullish on YouTube as a platform and making content for it as well. Um, and I, again, I really don't think it's too late either, especially with this iteration with the algorithm that's so good at matching viewers with the type of content that they like, even without them subscribing to them. I, I really think it's, you know, the best best time to start a YouTube channel was like 13 years ago. The second best time is now. And I didn't want to waste any more time before I decided to give it a chance. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the platform and, you know, so far a big fan of making content for it and all the things that 
go into making a good video on YouTube. So that actually does lead me well into the fifth and final reason why I want to start making YouTube videos. And, you know, argu arguably this is the most important one, but I'm having a whole lot of fun making and planning out and just going through the process of making these videos. It's honestly been a blast. Um, you know, I started podcasting because I actually love the technical part of editing and eventually producing an, an audio show. And, you know, I started podcasting mainly because I liked editing it. I really liked the technical part of producing an audio show. And I just thought, oh, it makes sense to edit something that I make myself. But if you take that love of producing something and editing it into a show and multiply it by, honestly, by five, even more, that's what it's like making YouTube videos. There's there's so much that goes into making videos from actually shooting them with setting up lighting and sound and set design and learning how to talk to camera and how to make sure you're looking at the camera lens and not the viewfinder on the side. That was something that I had to really work on before I actually posted my first video and all those little stuff of talking with your hands and making a video more inviting to watch to even editing it. That's where really the story comes from. Taking the script and what you said in the camera and how you edit it really makes a difference on how the content is perceived. You can make it more funny with a lot of meme types of editing. That's its own style of content. You can make it really serious and professional with a bunch of sound engineering and a lot of graphics and things that really show the story as opposed to you just telling it. And there's all these other little stuff like you know, sound engineering, like I mentioned, you know, the retention hacks of different cuts and J cuts and L cuts and how to make the video smooth throughout the whole time. You know, there's color grading and all this other stuff that you can really do to help make a video stand out that kind of reaches a peak much faster when you're making an audio show. But there's really, really no limit on how you can make a video stand out and make it your own. In fact, that's arguably the first thing that I'm, I guess, struggling with, with making these first videos is really finding how I want to edit and tell a story through a video. You know, that, you know, it took a couple, a few, not a couple, a few episodes to do that from the podcast. And, you know, finding my voice and finding my style of making YouTube videos is probably going to be the main thing that I figure out over these first couple months or so. But that doesn't mean you can't start making things different off the bat. I don't know if you if you've watched the first video, I don't know if you noticed this, but I actually shot it in 18 by 9 or a 2 by 1 aspect ratio and I did that because I knew a lot of you guys are going to be watching on your phones and if you actually spread the video out with your fingers in the YouTube app, the video will take up your entire screen. And that's something small that goes into video editing that already separates my videos from at least all of the other furry content out there that I've seen. And, you know, those are those little things that you can do to help separate yourself from the crowd that really does go a long way. But that's just one thing. There's there's a lot more things that I have to do in order to get better at making YouTube videos. And honestly, it's not making, making better videos is definitely part of it. But I, at the end of the day, I definitely want to be just a better storyteller. That's honestly, one of the main goals that I have from doing all this. I want to be better at telling stories about all the wonderful things about this fandom. And the cool thing is that you can make a story about anything, meaning there's no technical end to how many videos that I can make, which is important if I want to invest in this long term. So yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And those are the five main reasons why I switched from 
making a podcast to making YouTube videos. Long story short, I just want to be a better content creator. And if you want to get better at something, you really have to challenge yourself with new things. Um, and obviously, we've been talking about making videos, but even in making a podcast like this, there's going to be a transition period where I get used to not reading word for word what the podcast script is going to be and just try to do this off the top of my head with just a couple of notes. Um, that's another challenge that I definitely want to get better at, but I think we'll serve this podcast better as its position of a companion podcast to the main videos long term. And again, that's kind of be the main thesis of, you know, this these first couple of months here. All of this is is still new. I'm excited to learn, but you know, you could do all the research and learning and studying you want. But if you're not actually making them, you're not truly learning. And now that I'm in the making process, I'm not going to be very good at this right off the bat. You know, I'm expecting the first few videos, at least to the standard that I want to get them to not be all that great. You know, the first one, the why personas are always blue, why new personas are always blue. That video was fine. Um, it was okay. I'd, I'd give it a C if I was, if I was grading it. Um, and yeah, it's not. It wasn't a failure. It wasn't bad. It didn't get a D or an F. You know, I still felt fine uploading it as the first one. But you know, it wasn't all that, if I'm honest. Um, especially at the point of the videos that I want to make. But that kind of makes sense. And one of the things that I have to really remind myself is that that's okay. The first few videos are probably going to be C's. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to get into the B into the A category, and for you know a decent amount of time. I'm not even thinking maybe not even for the rest of this year. You know, there's still a lot of things that I have to figure out. We've already talked about finding my voice and my style of making and editing videos and, you know, how to present the type of content that I want to make in a in a video format. But that's part of the fun. Um, it, it sounds weird, but it's actually pretty refreshing to be bad at something again and, and learning and growing over time and knowing that there's you know, a lot of opportunity for growth for me and not just making videos, but this podcast and all the other stuff that I want to do in terms of the content creation side of things. Um, it's a really fulfilling feeling to the point where, you know, in a couple of years or so, I want to look back on, you know, this podcast episode, the first YouTube video that I make and and honestly laugh at it and say, wow, I was really bad at, at doing this kind of stuff before. And I do that with the first podcast episode that I did on the the old show. It's a lot worse than what I ended the show on, and I'm fully expecting that to be the same for this one. And again, that only happens if there's a long-term commitment. And I'm going to say it right now, I, I am committed for the long term. You know, I've set up a system that works with me still having a full-time job and making quality videos consistently, which is the main goal, especially as we finish this year. But even in today's day and age uh, of content creation, being a content creator, um, just making videos really isn't enough. If you want to stand out and really want to have that acceleration and growth, there's a lot more that you have to do. And a lot of that surrounds making what I like to call auxiliary content. This podcast is an example of this, having a podcast that allows for a direct connection with the audience while still talking about the more general videos that I make really fosters that level of community, which is really the foundation of any content creator. Um, but again, video is still king. And nowadays, it's the short form vertical content that's king. And if I want to stand out in the content creation space, I got to be making that as well. So I didn't make one for this week. I wanted to kind of 
not bite off more than I could chew, but starting next week, there's going to be short form content that connects back to the main videos that I make. And that's going to be a part of the content strategy moving forward. And again, it's all about meeting the consumers where they are. That's the expectation that they have for creators these days. So I'm going to meet them there. That's another point of excitement as well. There's in those types of videos, there's a lot of room to do a lot of different kinds of content as well that wouldn't mainly fit on the main YouTube channel. You know, a couple of ideas that are all coming off the top of my head are things like convention vlogs and, you know, monthly challenges where I post a new short for 30 days straight. Um, that wouldn't really make sense or honestly be viable for YouTube, but that's still valuable for people who are watching my content. And, you know, they may be mainly interested in that, but it allows them to at least be introduced to the main videos or the podcast and things like that. I really like the ideas of being a content creator, of providing people options. And I want to, no matter how they want to consume the content, I, you know, I want to be there. Honestly, in terms of, if we're talking about video, I actually wanted this podcast to go on video as well. I think it would have been really cool to actually do this show in suit and have that go on YouTube and have it be long form and also go on an audio show. And that's still in the plans. But again, I really didn't want to bite off more than I can chew. And the main, actually, the main issue with that is just location. I live in a really small place and I would like to have a dedicated spot for something like that. And, you know, that's just not in the cards right now, but that's going to be something that I definitely want to explore soon. And I know this all sounds like a lot and it is, it's, it's, it's a lot, but I'm a big believer in the system that I have set up for it. And again, I'm going to have a lot of fun making it. I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about all the opportunities that I have for videos, for shorts, for, for the podcast and all that. And honestly, all of those opportunities come from making videos and something that I really couldn't do as a podcaster. And, you know, that excitement alone is enough to really drive home the point that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be here making videos and I want to be here for, for the long term. So yeah, I guess short story long, that is the long version of why I'm deciding to make YouTube videos and more video content now. And Listen, if, if that's not for you and if you really miss the old podcast and the old type of content, I, I get it. And there's surely no hard feelings if you decide that your time enjoying the content that I make has come to an end. That's completely fair. And trust me, this wasn't an easy decision, one that wasn't made in a snap. There was months of me going back and forth which way I wanted to go. And in the end, I actually left it completely up to chance and was going to double down on podcasting if my commission for a suit didn't get accepted, but it did. And the suit's here. And I truly believe in the bets that I have made with my upcoming content. And I really do think that it will be better than anything that I've made before. And that's all I want to do in the long run is be a better, continuously be a better content creator for this fandom. So again, I'm going to be here no matter what, but I'd love to have you along for this new adventure that I'm embarking on. And it doesn't have to be everywhere. Don't get me wrong. If you want to be everywhere, that's, that's great. But even if you just watch the YouTube videos, even if you just listen to this podcast, if you just enjoy the shorts, that's that's fine. That's great. That's why I'm making all of that stuff. I want to meet you where you want to be. But I still do want to reiterate with the disclosure that, you know, I'm probably going to suck at a lot of this stuff, especially at the very beginning. But I do promise you, I will make you this promise that it will get better over time, mainly because I'll have no choice for it to get better, especially if I want to grow and be a better content creator for this fandom. But we got to start somewhere. And, you know, we had the first video out and now we have the first podcast out. So it's really only up from here. 
But yeah, I think that's a pretty good place to end it for, for this one. The episode next week will be more how this podcast is technically supposed to go, where we actually talk about the next video that goes up on the channel. I won't spoil too much, but it has a little bit to do with Anthrocon, which I just got back from. So expect a little bit of a review on how my AC went next week. But that's all coming up later. For now, I'm going to let you all go. Thank you so much for listening. I know it might have been rough. Again, I'm still working on podcasting without having a word-for-word script in front of me, but if you made it this far, I really do appreciate you. Um, new video coming up next Tuesday, and yeah, we're we're, we're rolling. We're, we're going from here. I will catch you all in the next one, but until then, stay wild out there. Peace. <laughs>